Well, as, uh, as Mike said, for all of us, this is a total roller coaster time. And uh, for Beth and I, we've just been on, it's just been half term. And um, we, we, to be honest, have had a particularly challenging uh, time of it. It's not that anything dramatic has happened, but I, I think we've just felt just really worn down. And, uh, you know, we've had obviously four little boys at home who are a total delight. And, uh, you know, just because of the stage they're at, they're quite demanding. We end up going to A&E a couple of times this week, uh, not for anything serious, just one of our, one of our sons has just um, uh, badly sprained his ankle and the, and the GP sent us in. And um, Yeah, and we looked at each other at Thursday night at the end of a particularly tough day of, of parenting and just we just had to chat about the fact that we were really low, uh, that we'd been bickering, arguing, getting really short with each other. And um, we, were, we were not in a great headspace um, we're doing a bit better now. We dropped two of the boys off with Uncle Mike on uh, Saturday morning. <laughs> so they spent some time patronising him even more than I do. And uh, Can I just say, Yeah. I've got to say this, sorry, to, um, um, I, I was making Lego with Judah, who is four, and at one stage where I was trying to say to Judah, why don't we do this, why don't we do that, he turned to me and he said... Um, Uncle Mike, I think it's better if I'm in charge from now on. <laughs> you don't, you're not very good at this. Can you believe that? A four-year-old. <laughs> Carry on with your sermon. Yes, okay, thank you. Um, so, anyway, so we, we, we're, doing, we're doing better, but it has been tough. And I'll be, I'll be lying if I pretended it wasn't. Um, and... Uh, I think that's just uh, one of the things I've just been trying to remind myself of is that's all of us, you know, everybody is struggling. And, and for, for lots of us, it comes in waves and there are moments of it. And, um, um, but that was one for us. And yesterday, I was just, I was just out um, trying to get some exercise, having a little bit of a run in the, in the bad weather. It was raining and it was, um, the wind was blowing, the leaves everywhere and stuff like that. And um, I, just, I just remember as I was running along, just thinking of the story of... Um, Jesus and the disciples on Lake Galilee, which is the reading. If you're reading through John every day, uh, as lots of us are as a church family, then it's the reading for this morning. And um, I, I love the picture of it because what happens is Jesus just walks across in the middle of the chaos. He just walks across the, the surface of the waves, just supreme and sovereign uh, in the midst of all of the sort of forces of destruction, as it were. And he, he, when the disciples see him and are afraid, he says to them, it is I, don't be afraid. And really the, the, the key to that sentence is the word I, because depending on who the I is, you, you're going to either not be afraid or be afraid, continue to be afraid. So, uh, you know, think about it like if I was attacked by some big mugger who, who came and wanted to rob me, and then Mike came running down the street saying, it is I, don't be afraid, I'd probably just continue to be afraid because now I'm still being attacked by this big guy and also I've got Mike, an elderly, frail, vulnerable gentleman who I also have to protect. So I'm going to continue to be afraid in that situation. But if I'm attacked by this person and Anthony Joshua, the heavyweight boxing champion of the world, comes jogging down the road and says, it is I, don't be afraid, I'm going to stop being afraid because Anthony's here and I know he can handle it. And so the key is, who is the I? which is why it's so helpful for us 
to use these days as we are to lift our eyes to Jesus. And this is where the I am sayings are such a great window into meditating again on who he is, that when we hear his voice through the wind and over the chaos of the waves that we're trying to navigate at the moment, and we hear him say to us, it is I, don't be afraid, we know who the I speaks of. We remind ourselves of who Jesus is and therefore what it means to say, Jesus is with us. And so the, uh, the I am saying for today is, I am the gate. And this comes in John chapter 10, and I'll read it to you. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And Jesus is drawing on a, a really common picture uh, in the same way that we see Amazon delivery drivers and sort of Tesco shopping delivery drivers everywhere today. Back in uh, Jesus' day at the place that he lived, he would have, there would have been shepherds and sheep uh, wandering around. And what would happen sometimes is a shepherd would be out on the hills with his flock of sheep and he wouldn't want to uh, go back to the town, the village for the evening. And they would have um, kind of stone enclosures that were sheepfolds, just really simple stone structures out there on the hillside that at, at nighttime they would put the sheep for protection inside these stone enclosures. But the enclosures wouldn't have a gate. And so what would happen is the shepherd would, once he's got the sheep inside, the shepherd would lie down across the, um, across the gap. And so in a very literal sense, the shepherd was the door. And so Jesus is saying, um, I am the door. He's using that picture, which would have been common at that time, to describe himself. And he says, I am the gate or I am the door. So what's he trying to communicate when he uses that picture? Um, a few things. Uh, and I think the first one is, uh, we can get from this, this saying, I am the gate, is that Jesus, the person of Jesus, is the meeting place between heaven and earth. And doors are, if you will, like a, kind of like this meeting point between two different spaces. You know, probably the best picture I can think of is when you come home on a dark winter's night and you see your front door lit up. You know that is the point where almost like the, the home meets the world, the, the inside meets the outside. And um, in, in uh, Scripture, there are all these moments, probably particularly in the Old Testament, where it's like heaven meets earth. It's like that boundary, if you will, between heaven and earth becomes thin in a particular moment or a particular point. And probably one of the best examples of that is from Genesis chapter 28, where Jacob has a dream. He's in a particular place. He falls down, has a dream, uh, falls asleep, has a dream. And in the dream, he has this vision of a staircase. And on the staircase, he sees angels ascending and descending. And when he wakes up, he says, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. And then uh, we fast forward to Jesus. And in John's gospel, in the first chapter, 
Nathanael is brought to Jesus and Jesus has a word of knowledge for him. And he says, I saw you when you were under the fig tree, Nathanael, which really means a lot to Nathanael. And so Nathanael sort of exclaims, oh my word, you are the son of God. And then Jesus basically says to him, words to the effect of, you believe because I told you I, I, I saw you sitting under the fig tree. And then effectively, it's like he's saying, you ain't seen nothing yet, kid. And then he goes on and he quotes Jacob's dream. And he says this in John 1, verse 51. Very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. So he's referencing that moment where heaven and earth met. But, but where Jacob is in a place, and he says this place is the meeting place of heaven and earth where angels go up and down. Jesus says, I am, I am the place angels go up and down. I am the staircase. Where Jacob says, this place, this is like the gate of heaven. Jesus says, I am the gate. And so what we, what we wonder at and what we've come to believe and what we found in Jesus is that uh, the world of heaven, as it were, and the world of earth meet not in a place, not in a geographical location, but in a person, and his name is Jesus Christ. And what that means is that if we want to see what God is like, the heart of heaven, we look at the person of Jesus. Because John's introduction to Jesus from John 1, he talks about in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. So the Word is God. And then the climax of that whole chapter is John chapter 1 verse 14, the climax of it where he says, and the Word became flesh. That which is fully God, the, the, the and of only begotten Son of God becomes a baby. Heaven and earth meet in this person. And then what we see happen around Jesus is that heaven and earth meet all the time. So the signs that happen one after the other, the miracles that happen in John's gospel, it's like wherever Jesus goes, the stuff of heaven happens. And when we think of heaven, you know, I know I can think of sort of this image, I don't know where I got it from, but just of fluffy white clouds and pearly gates and cherubs floating around. And the reality of heaven is so much more wonderful than that because it's the, it's the life of God. It's, it's wholeness and abundance and completeness. And it's as if whenever Jesus, the gate, the gate of heaven, whenever he walks anywhere, it's as if the door of heaven has been flung open and suddenly the life of heaven just begins to invade the lives of the people that Jesus comes into touch with. So he turns water into wine. He, 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 he speaks to a man who's been crippled for 38 years. The man begins to walk again. He opens the eyes of a person who's been born blind. He raises somebody from the dead. The life-transforming power of heaven breaks out wherever Jesus is. Which is why for us as his followers, as his people, the key is never going to be a technique. It's always going to be coming close to a person, drawing near to him. Jesus is the gate. He's the one in which heaven and earth meet. Second uh, thing I think this says to us is uh, that it's through Jesus we are saved. And so Jesus says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. 
And of course, a gate is not just um, something that, where two worlds meet, it's, it's how you pass from one to the other. And Jesus doesn't say, I've come to be a window into the sheepfold so that you can have a glimpse. He says, I've come to be a door that you can walk through. And um, speaking of kind of heaven and earth meeting, for the Jews, the supreme place that that, that happened was the temple. And in the temple, the, there is uh, this room that was called the most holy place. And that was the room where God lived. And in front of that room was a massive curtain. And it was kind of this ultimate no access barrier. No one was allowed behind the curtain apart from the high priest once a year, but nobody else was allowed behind the curtain into the most holy place where God lived. And really, more than anything, that was for our own protection because God is holy and we are sinful and the two don't mix. And then Jesus, his entire purpose for, for coming was to make, to make a way for us to come into deeper relationship with God. And the way that he does that, um, put simply, is he dies on a cross. And on the cross, what he does is he takes all of our sin on himself and he deals with it finally and completely. And, and we receive all of his righteousness when we trust in him and when we say yes to him. And um, what happens in the other three gospels, the moment Jesus dies on the cross, is that this curtain this barrier that separates most holy God from, from humanity. This curtain is torn in two in the temple from top to bottom. And so through Jesus, this barrier becomes an entrance. This, this curtain becomes a doorway. And the doorway is into relationship with God. And because of that, what we know is that Jesus is the reason we come into, it's not, it's not our behavior, it's not our achievements, it's not our latest performance this last week, it's Jesus. He's the reason how we come into relationship with God. I think about it like, um, you know, Mike in normal times would be traveling around the world uh, all over the place and because of that he clocks up all these air miles that get him a certain status uh, with the airline. And he's, he's ever status where he can get access to the first class and business class lounges. He doesn't fly business class, but he has the miles that let him in there. And uh, occasionally I've been on a trip with Mike and I love it because, because we walk into these, um, these kind of like super posh, very expensive parts of the airport that are obviously are cut above everywhere else in the airport. And uh, we walk down, the two of us clearly do not look like we belong there. And you can tell from the receptionist as she sees his approach that she doesn't think we belong there either. But then Mike kind of very slowly pulls out his gold card. He puts it on the, the marble countertop and he pushes it across and her whole demeanor changes and the receptionist says, Mr. Pilovacci, welcome back. And then she looks at me. I haven't got, I haven't got mileage status. I, I haven't got any AMRs. I, you know, I, I don't belong there. But what I do is I say, I'm with him. And uh, she says, you're a guest of Mr. Pilovacci. Please come on in, enjoy our hospitality. And I say, thank you, I will. And I eat as many free sandwiches as I can possibly take. And, but but in, a, in, a, in a way, Mike is my doorway into the BA first class lounge. It's not about what I have in my bank account or how many miles I've done. It's about who I know and the simplicity and the glory of the gospel, the heart of Christianity, is it's not about how good we are, 
how impressive we try to be or how impressive we know we're not. It's about who we know. And Jesus says, I'm your, I'm your in. I'm your access. I'm your door. And think about it. It's not just this invitation into heaven, this sort of lovely place of eternal holidays. It's not that. It's an invitation. Well, it might be that, but it's more than that. It's an invitation into, into relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The one God that exists as three divine persons that have been in relationship for always, preferring each other, loving each other, submitting to one another, glorifying each other. Think of the most incredible family you can possibly imagine with the best, most secure relationships you've ever seen. It's just a drop in the ocean in comparison to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And it, by putting our hands in Jesus, by saying yes to Jesus, by trusting in Jesus, we are welcomed right into the heart of God. We come into relationship. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. And then finally, um, because Jesus is the door, the door will never be shut. Put another way, we have safety and security. And that's what Jesus is getting at with this little picture where he says, whoever goes through me will be saved. And then he goes on to say, they will come in and go out and find pasture. And that's really a biblical way of saying they will be safe and they will be secure always. And in Revelation chapter 3, verse 7, it says of Jesus, what he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. So when we hear that Jesus has become for us a door, what we also want to just dwell on and meditate on is the fact that he's flung open this door. This door is a doorway into relationship with God, right into the heart of the Godhead. And that doorway is never going to get shut. And for lots of us, and I find myself in this place sometimes, we, we can feel insecure in our relationship with God. If, if, if we feel like we're letting him down, our performance hasn't lived up to what we think it should or maybe what, we, you know, what other people have told us it should, then we can end up being fearful of our, in our relationship with him. And it can lead us to a place where we, we just kind of feel like we have to tread on eggshells around God. And the picture for many of us that we can sometimes have of a relationship with God is, is like, you know, we, I don't know if you ever had a parent who worked from home. We've all, all the kids have had that in the last uh, seven months, but where there's maybe a door that they've got a little office or something and the door's open, a little crack, and they're busy in there. And, and the sense you can get as a child is, I don't want to disturb. You know, they're, bu they're busy and they're doing important things and, and they haven't got time for me. And uh, you can think, oh, you know, I'll just try and find a way to cope by myself. And if things get really desperate, then I'll maybe knock on the door tentatively or I'll put a note under the door. And, and we can think that's how we're to approach God, that it's to be tentative and we've got to be cautious. And, and actually, no, the image is the door is flung open, which means if we're his children, we can run in, sit on his lap, tell him about whatever's going on in our heads, bring to him our needs, bring to him our fears. Say to him, I need you to strengthen me. I need, I need you to give me grace. I need patience. I need forgiveness. I need wisdom. I need guidance. And the one that we meet in, in, in Jesus and through Jesus is a father who, who, whose arms are open wide, just like the door is. So Jesus, through the wind and through the waves of the storm of Galilee, and through the wind and through the waves of this pandemic, 
he says to us, it is I. Don't be afraid. Who is the I? The I is the person in whom heaven and earth meet. God, come close, around whom the transforming life of heaven breaks in. The I is the one who offers us his hand, and when we take it, we're welcomed into eternal life, but also into the most perfect relationship with the God who is himself love. The I is the one who opens a door that never gets shut again. The I is the one through whom we come into a relationship and we find that we can be confident because we find that the wonderful consistency of our Father in heaven, that his arms are always open to us. This is the I. This is the Jesus who is with us. He is the gate.